I didn't really have any intimate relationships with like with males that I could talk to on a level like that. I had I had loads of bros like you know we play we'll play video games we'll, we'll we'll do we'll do whatever needs to be done but we didn't talk about the deep stuff until after i had my kind of suicidal experience became a christian and started being exposed to these things then i started to bring those conversations to the table with my guys but before that if any of us was going through stuff and i mean like it could be like a bros having got domestics in his home or whatever None of us are going to know. We're going to just be... Because he's using Xbox as an escape, same way as I am. He's trying to get, leave his home by getting in the game. I'm trying to leave my life and forget that my dad's not there by getting in the game. So we're not going to talk about that. That's not here right now. We're talking about how are we how are we going to play this Call of Duty game and how are we going to win? Like that's, that's what we were talking about. That was our escape. You're listening to Journey to Fatherhood a podcast that inspires and equips men to becoming more intentional and feeling more supported on the journey to fatherhood. Why wait to become a father before learning how to be a good one? My name is Chinidim Wabwanaya, a young man also on his journey with a desire to help men become great fathers despite their past personal experiences. I'll be sitting with different guests to bring you great value, sharing their knowledge and their experiences as we all embark on this amazing journey. This podcast, though targeted towards men, ladies, you will also gain great value from the conversations. Now, without further ado, let the journey begin. Welcome to Journey to Fatherhood podcast. Today, I've got Sterling, also goes by Sterling Records. I've got him on the podcast today, and I came across Sterling through uh, one of our previous guests that was actually on the show two weeks ago by Ayokunu, if you remember him, the founder of 412 Men. I saw Sterling's, um, one of his, some of his, um, some of his comments in one of their recent Friday men's talk on YouTube live stream. And I was very inspired by the way he was talking about the importance of men being led by vision. And prior to that, I've actually seen Sterling's videos come up in terms of his clips and skits with um, evangel- um, Christians young Christians encouraging them to move forward and just being I think he it was a time he said he wants to be the most relatable Christian in the world I think that was that was his thing so I was just interested in how a young man like myself could actually be so focused in having a vision that they call their own but also in terms of that I saw other things he does he's very entrepreneurial and very active in leadership so I wanted to bring Sterling to the podcast today just to get a bit of more of an insight to what he thinks about manhood, fatherhood, the journey to fatherhood, and everything in between. So without further ado, this guy right here, I think we're in for a wonderful conversation. Sterling, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, man? Thank you for having me. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm great, actually. I'm great. Yeah, um, yeah. it's going to be a good day. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Before we actually started recording, well, I was just saying how amazing his name is guys his name is actually sterling and it's it's i think it's such a cool name but we were when if he's if he's okay with it he can tell us a bit more about the origination of the name and if that's something you want to start off with just for people to get a bit of an idea it's very closely linked to manhood fatherhood so i didn't know if you had this certain question okay that might lead me into it. So I didn't oh, want wow. to give it, so I didn't that want close. to give it just yet. 
I okay. Do you know what, guys? Okay, I told you this is going to be an interesting conversation, and it's already beginning. Um, first of all, I just wanted to kind of get to know who Sterling is because I understand that a lot of people see your content. By the way, you follow him on Instagram at Sterling Records. Sterling Records. S T E R L I N G R E C O R D S. I'll put in a comment in the description as well. Make sure you follow him on Instagram. He's also on TikTok. And you can see the content he creates, and you can tell a lot of time's been put in it. But for those that don't know you off the camp, that don't know you behind the screens, who is Sterling, and what kind of brought about this focus on putting yourself out there, creating content that not only motivate but educate people in terms of what to do and how to handle life? How did that come about? Okay, okay. So, so I'll answer the first part. Who is Sterling? I, I think. St- if the way I would describe myself is just somebody who likes to understand. Um, I, I am someone who questions a lot. So if you tell me something can't be done, I'm the person who says why. Um, if you tell me something, tell me information, I'm the person who says, what's your source? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm someone who questions a lot. And so when it came to content, um, it was something I told myself for years that I can't do. And it was at the start of 2021, I finally asked the question, why? Why can't I do this? Um, And um, I decided I wanted to do something this year that, that that makes me cringe because I'm afraid Really? Something that something that terrifies me, something that puts me in a position where I can be ridiculed for how I look, for what I'm doing, for people, you know, for the view numbers or whatever. I actually felt so much fear about it. I said, I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, that was my decision at the start of this year in January um, to really take it seriously. And um, that is what birthed the content creation. But then I realized as I was doing it, the things I think must be very similar to the things everybody else thinks. Trust me, it is. Because like, I'm making videos and people are like, that's exactly what I said. That's exactly what I do. That's exactly, and I was thinking, really? I just, you gotta understand that this was just a dream for me, myself. Yeah. I didn't actually envision, like my goal was not to have 100,000 followers or whatever. My goal was to make myself laugh. So. Interesting way to start it, you know? That is how it started. I was in January, um, I was going through a lot of changes and stuff. And whenever I felt a bit discouraged, I would just make a TikTok because the the fulfillment I get from seeing one of my ideas birthed is like is like adrenaline for me. It's like a bo- boost of like dopamine or something. So it's like the fulfillment of creation for me is everything. So before I've even released it and pressed post, I've already got energy. I've got life from the idea. So it kept me coming back for more because it was actually feeding me. I didn't realize it was feeding other people as well. And now as a result, like TikTok's past 100,000. Congratulations. Thanks. Uh, And my my Instagram, like I wasn't even posting on Instagram. My Instagram's done over 10,000 followers in the last like four or five months. And I wasn't yeah. even mainly posting there. I was posting on TikTok, but the people started coming to my Instagram to look for more. So I just started to to feed them, yeah. essentially. And that's kind of how it started. No, I think that's 
I think for me, I, I like what you said there. Fulfillment of creation is what kind of energizes you and makes you come back for more. And with you know, with the creation of everything, everything that is currently right now, there were years behind it, and there were things that came about it. I was looking around. I think sometime in July last year, you did a little, you did a survey of a hundred men where you asked, um, "What does it mean to be a man?" What does it mean to be a man? And you asked a hundred of them, and I was very intrigued by the three common words you said that they always responded with. You said one of them was responsibilities, second one was leadership, and third one was God. And you went into detail with that. And for those that are interested in having a look at that, I could definitely recommend you check it out. You definitely it's easy to find it on this Instagram page. If you scroll down, I think there's a description. Um, the cover art actually says the question: What does it mean to be a man? definitely look at that and see how he explains it but for those listening right now what does it mean to be a man okay so my personal um thing i think i think there's so many things that are that are unique to certain men in certain places Mm. like for example one man will come and say you need to make all the money but then there's another man who's married to a woman that's a billionaire and it's like do i need to make all the money am i not a man now so there's there's things that are unique to certain men but in a general sense, I think being a man, as in going from boy to man, going to adult, right. speaks about certain things. It speaks about one of the words you just said was responsibility. Um, being able to being able to know what's yours to handle and to handle it well, whatever that is. The other one is closely linked, is commitment. Um, you can never get, I don't believe you can ever get anything substantial out of life if you don't have a good um, level of commitment one of the things i hear a lot about men is that they have commitment issues um yeah that's one of the things i hear a lot and i think as a result if it's true men will will never have what we're supposed to have out of life because we don't we're not willing to go through the process of life um so those are two those are those are two main words that I think encapsulate or I can't say family because that means you people who don't have families aren't a man. Can't say money because that means if you don't have money you're not a man. I think I think that the the things that are common to every man is to know what's yours, take responsibility over it and commit to the process of becoming the best man you can be. Speaks into the last word which I believe is integrity, which is being true to um, to the standards, the standard of manhood that's been been shown to you. Because you can only be true to what you know. Um, so if you lack the if you lack the, the standard, if you lack a high standard of manhood, you'll be integrous, but you'll be integrous to a very low standard. But once you're exposed to good men good levels of manhood good kind of character levels be integrous to that i grew up feeling very uh, rejected because i thought that the first man who was supposed to sort of guide me lead the way was absent that was my so my view on life became very skewed it became very much from a place of rejection so it's like difficult to connect with people because you feel like they're going to leave you because the first person who was supposed to be there was left yeah. um, 
you know, and you, you kind of create this skewed view of life. So 10 year old Sterling, if I'm being honest with you, he was very, uh, very messed up. He was very angry and he wasn't angry in terms of one of these people who takes the anger out at school or takes their anger out um, on other people. He was very angry towards not having a dad. And as a result of that, he was very disobedient at home because the only person who could link to that is mum. So there's no point going to school and being mad at the teachers. This is is my literal logic. I, I was a perfect child in school, perfect child. Like I got like three detentions in my life, like perfect child, um, just very quiet because I, I just didn't, I wasn't really engaged. But at home, if my mom said anything to me, I'll do the complete opposite, just because I was so, okay. I was just so upset about the fact that dad wasn't there. Um, so now at the age of sixteen, um, so bear in mind, every single year I'd been wanting to know where he was age of 15 16 to the point where i actually started to get very depressed about it um i would actually go to sleep um i didn't know if there was a god i didn't even believe in god but i would go to sleep looking at the ceiling of my i had a bunk bed at the time on the top bunk i would look up i'd look at the ceiling and i'd say if there's anybody up there i need to meet this man i don't know if he's alive or dead but i need to know something because it was literally destroying me inside like I because every time somebody called my name Sterling I remembered the fact that there's a dad that's not there so it was like a constant reminder I could never get away from so I was begging this thing and then I went to a a shopping center and I bumped into a guy who told me there's a man in his church with the same name as me okay and um so I was like oh that's that's kind of impossible because nobody has my name the right name yeah yeah so it's not like john smith or something like it's like it was it was impossible like the odds are extremely small so so then i go to his church and um it's it's my dad like my mom's you know been there verified like it's my dad oh she went with you to the church not the first time but like second or third time she verified like it's my dad so you were 16 at this time yeah so i so the first 16 years of my life i i had no dad and then the last, I'm 20, I just turned 26 now. The last 10 years of my life, I've had a dad. So I've had, I kind of had the, I've had kind of had the contrast of both. Um, and I think, hmm. Now to answer your question as to how did I, how did I become the kind of person I am today? Yeah. I think it needed both, which is weird to say. There were certain things that, um, how do I describe it? Um, just because you, just because you're going to have someone in your life as a father does not mean they're going to be able to give you everything you need. And the place my dad was at when I was born, he wouldn't have been able to give me what he could have given me when I met him at 16. Explain that a bit. So my dad actually became a Christian in the process of um, after I was born, kind of left certain lifestyles, changed his life around. Um, So when I met him at 16, my first encounter with him was this Christian high standard 
good man versus the man that I could have been experiencing when I was young. Do you know what I mean? So I was longing for a dad. I was longing for a standard and it took 16 years to find it. But the standard I found was a good standard. If I had him from age one or age zero from birth, I wouldn't have had that standard. That wouldn't have been been able to be modeled to me. Yeah. But somehow that that place that needed a model stayed empty until age of 16, until I met him and he was able to fill it then with the good things he had learned over those 16 years. So it made me a better man by it happening that way rather than by him being there from when I was born. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand. He was the right person at the right time for you to meet him at the right time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is... That's powerful, man. There's no way you can't say that's not God. Yeah, like, that, that's when I started believing in God. That That's where it kind of started. Yeah. That's, I don't know what to say to that. That's... <laughs> That's an that's an, a very interesting story, because what what it just shows is that in that moment you were just God was just preparing him whilst he was preparing you to be able to meet him in the right mindset as well to receive him. And my question is, when you first saw him, what was the interaction like? Was there hate? Was there what was what was the feelings um, and emotions hmm. when it was confirmed? There was a lot of hate. There was there was definitely a lot of hate. Um, so like he would say love you to me on the phone and i would just not reply and that was probably that was probably for a few years like like it was it was a lot of hate there was a lot of like you know you've only heard his story from one perspective for 16 years of your life um so you know you don't know it you don't really know anything you just know someone else's experience you don't know a holistic view of of anything so then there was a lot of questions that I need to ask, like, where were you? You know, like, well, what were you? Like, I didn't get any answers to these from my mom. So it's like, where were you? What was the, what happened? Was, oh, why weren't you there? Like, all these, all these kind of things. Um, but as well as that, I was learning about the Christian faith and about God at the same time. So my forgiveness kind of journey was tied into my faith as much as it was tied into knowing my dad. So I started to realize the problems that unforgiveness had given me for the last 16 years of my life and how I lived from that rejected place and stuff. All these things got exposed to me when I became probably about 17, 18 at this point. They really became exposed. And I realized if I don't forgive this man, if I don't get my questions answered, it doesn't matter if he's here or not. If I don't get rid of these things, I'm always going to live from this rejected place. And I'm never going to be able to actually advance in my life. Um, so that that's kind of what fueled my journey of, of forgiving him. And I think that's a very powerful point to be made because I've worked with a lot of young, young boys that know where their father is but they're just so angry they don't want to ask questions they're so angry they don't want to speak to them because in their heads they just it's just pure anger and they've known their father's whereabouts for example i have a few students i haven't worked in the education sector one of the schools i worked in in hackney we had some young boys that had awareness of where their father was but they were so angry so when you're talking about from year seven some of them are year seven 
they put in anger management classes and all these things they want them to take exams for sen not understanding there's a root cause to everything is internal turmoil and to hear that you were able to take that journey but we have to understand the main factor it was god that helped you and your faith the relationship with god that actually made that big difference but to even say right now that those things were exposed to you and you started addressing them that takes a lot of grit so for those listening were there any practical things you did because that would be great for people to kind of see how they can ap- apply it to their own lives um hmm i think i think my practicals were not were not the best i was just very very determined um I, actually a bit before i think it was about the age of 15 maybe early 16 i actually was like I attempted suicide because I couldn't deal with the kind of pressure of everything. But even then, um, believe it or not, it was it was God that actually stopped me from doing it. Yeah. Um, it was a really weird experience. But um, I knew for some reason, I knew inside me that if I just waited a bit longer, um, something was going to happen. So I just stopped. I felt like all of this random peace, I just stopped and I just thought, I need to wait longer. It's not the time yet to do something like this. So I waited and then it was like really close to that is when I actually met my dad. It was really weird. But um, so I was in that low place um, and I realized what holding things in can do as a result. It pretty much made me without God, I would have killed myself. So 16 years of holding something in led me to want to die, right? So the only conclusion I could come from from that was if I get it out, I can live. But but the issue with when you say practicals, I had to go through something bad to recognize that. Yeah. I'm not I don't I don't know how to you they would listeners, you have to take my word for it. <laughs> I know what you, you mean. <laughs> you don't want to end up in in a place like that. And, and many of us have experienced um, experienced that kind of pain to some degree when something goes wrong and it bothers you and it bothers you and your your mind even starts to paint different um, different pictures. Your mind starts to paint different pictures of what life could be, what life couldn't be. Even when I get in an argument with somebody sometimes, my mind paints pictures of of the argument escalating and continuing and you know you have your experience that now put that now now take something as as serious as you know your dad not being present every day and think about how that influences your imagination every single day and as a result your emotions and your well-being and 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 every and everything like that um i think the best thing i did was was be honest with myself okay. about how I was feeling. And then the second thing would be to be honest with others. Um, and even if it's one person that you can find that you can really be honest with, you need to get it out of you. Um, because if you leave it in, just the raw emotion inside you, it, it, it will find a way to get itself out and it will, it will, it will come out negative most of the time unless you create a positive outlet for it that's 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 something very powerful because of course no one ever wants someone to hit the button before they start rising because 
sometimes some people don't make it back up yeah and that's why it's best to avoid that and what you said there is interesting because earlier you said for the last 16 years you realized you saw the effects of what holding things in did for you in those 16 years and what a lot of the guest speakers that we've had on the podcast one thing that keeps coming up is getting things out speaking to people so for you did you have anyone whilst you were recovering from that healing time did you have any males in your male role models in your life that you could speak to or open up to i think um i think mainly around that time it was it was more women you know okay and then as i got older i started to get into communities of men but the initial times when i was dealing with that a lot of it was me myself and then the extra parts were actually a girl you know that you know you guys always have that one girl somewhere who you can open up to yeah you know it's that thing like there was there was that girl kind of thing there was always one at least there was someone there you're e- you find it easier to open up to them i used to yeah not anymore but i, I used to i used to yeah that's what i was kind of comfortable with because i didn't really have any intimate relationships with like with males that I could talk to on a level like that I had I had loads of bros like you know we play we'll play video games we'll, we'll we'll do we'll do whatever needs to be done but we didn't talk about the deep stuff until after I had my kind of suicidal experience became a Christian and started being exposed to these things then I started to bring those conversations to the table mm. with my guys but before that if any of us was going through stuff and I mean, like, it could be like a bro's having got domestics in his home or whatever. None of us are going to know. We're going to just be, because he's using Xbox as an escape, same way as I am. He's trying to get, leave his home by getting in the game. I'm trying to leave my life and forget that my dad's not there by getting in the game. So we're not going to talk about that. That's not here right now. We're talking about how are we, how we going to play this Call of Duty game and how are we going to win? Like, that's, that's what we're talking about. That was our escape. So it's only when we started to get older that we brought that I, I started to bring those conversations to the table. And then as a result, you know, we all became more open with each other about these kind of things. Um, but it takes one to be exposed. That's the, that's why I said at the start, um, in terms of integrity, I can't I can't come and say to you that you need to be an honest man if every model you've ever had is a liar. How can I say that to you? Because you're going to be integral to what you've seen until yeah. you're exposed to something different. But when you're exposed to something different, you have to be willing to come up to that higher level. That's the thing. I like that. Because it, it, you're absolutely right. Because I think what some of the things that tends to happen is sometimes I look at some young boys I've been mentioning for some time and I'm thinking to myself, I have to understand that some of the things I'm saying to them is not common knowledge because you're thinking but you know you shouldn't be doing this you know you shouldn't be thinking like this but you have to remind yourself they didn't know any different Mm. and i think as guys we also need to whilst a lot of us have come to a place of self-awareness of what needs to be done when we're helping each other out it's important to also be a reminder that maybe they haven't been exposed to that maybe they don't know about that and it's interesting what you said about escape and sport. So I played basketball for many years um, from secondary school, sixth form, and then a bit I played all through university. And what tends to happen is when we're playing with sport, there's this sort of brotherly tightness. I think in a lot of team sports, there's this brotherly tightness. 
but you think that in that brotherly tightness, people will talk about how they're really feeling. Yeah. Which, which kind of messed me up a few years when I started realizing because some of them, you were like, you're, they're your ride or dies. You guys trade together. We wake up 5 a.m. together, go for runs and all of those things. But you don't actually deal with the real things. And so how did that actually come up? How, when you started having those type of conversation with your friends, how did that pan out? And how were you able to get them to open up? I just, you know what? I just started asking them questions, you know? Like it wasn't, it wasn't even like a, I just wanted to get their opinion on different stuff, you know, deep things about life. And now we do it every day, just, just like without thought, but like being 16 or whatever, like you just ask a question, how do you think like, you know, your dad not being around has affected you? You know, just asking questions and just seeing what people say or like, like, um, like do you think could you think dad not being there made you more angry in school or like you know you just you just asking stuff just being the person who can be a mirror essentially i i like i said at the start i'm somebody who likes to understand i'm yeah. somebody who likes to ask why um so i'm not trying to give anyone answers that that's really not right. my goal in life i have this this thing that's been my whatsapp status for like the last 10 years and it's i probably haven't changed it because i never use that whatsapp statuses like that but i remember putting it there like ages ago and it's kind of like been one of my mantras so to speak if you like which is that which is basically that um everybody has something to teach me that's basically what it says is that um that i can learn something from every type of person every person that exists so my goal is is not to give you a whole bunch of advice and tell you what to do my goal is to expose you to a mirror um, so that you can look at yourself and actually see your true reflection. And the best way to do that is to ask you real questions because you have to go and look inside yourself to find the answer. And I think majority of us um, know, know what's good for us, know what's right. Yeah. We just have, we've just probably suppressed it so far that it, it can take some digging to really to really get to that place. So I just asked them real questions. Um, and, and then I would share my answers, my personal answers, um, and, um, and hope that they, they were able to share theirs as well. So, yeah. I think, I think that's, you made a very great point because I think like yourself, a lot of people when they become aware of the things that they're really going through is having those conversations because they could be they could know that they're going through those things but because in their mind the guys have never talked about things like this we don't talk, they don't talk about things like that so they never bring it up so they continue to suffer and for me one of the interesting things when you talked about the very dark state you were in before you finally met your dad i think where i where i relate with that is in terms of in, in a different way because some people will be saying well I have my dad, but I don't have that relationship with him. I guess I should be grateful. I shouldn't expect anything. At least I'm better off. But there are some people that have fathers physically present, but there's no relationship. There's still anger. There's still animosity. And whilst that may not have been your experience at those early stages, I expect, I personally went through this where I didn't realize it was, I've been Christian. I've been in, going to church for my mom, for all my life, more or less. I've always been in church and whatnot. But I only realized that I had hatred towards my dad at the age of 18 when I was at uni. And this was someone that supposedly was 
on fire, God, going to youth camps, encounters, choir, and all of those things. But it actually came from a friend of mine that wasn't even Christian. We're just sitting on the roof and we're just talking. And he said, like, yo, Trinity, you know, you actually have anger. You actually have anger towards your dad. You actually resent your dad a lot. And I didn't really think about it like that. I was just saying, you know, it is what it is. Because my dad's not even in the country. So my dad's been living in Nigeria. I'm from Nigeria. My dad's been in Nigeria for how many years? We came to the UK in 2007. So he's he's been reluctant to come here. So it's his absence also made me realize that though I have a father present in my life, I don't feel like I have a father and for a long time, I was frustrated because in my head, I was like, well, I should be grateful that I at least have my father, unlike most people. But at the same time, I'm angry that I don't have a relationship with my father. So yeah. in that place, it got me messed up for a while because I didn't know if I should be grateful or I should be angry. So it was going back and forth. And it took me, literally, when you were talking about how you mentioned how some, it took you a while to even respond to your dad saying, I love you. For me, I was craving that. My dad, for 18 years, my dad never said that. Ever. Ever. And it was it was the craziest thing because I thought so hard about it. And what it changed for me was when I actually went to Nigeria and um, we went to Nigeria to visit my dad after eight years in the UK. And we talked and talked and talked. I, had to, I tried to have a deep conversation with him. But I found out that it was actually what you mentioned, what he was exposed to. His father never said things like that. He never really had a relationship with his father. He came from a polygamous family. So there was that disconnect. And whilst I wanted to be understanding, okay, I understand you went through, but I still crave that. And the, the weirdest thing, my siblings still laugh at me. They call me wet for doing it. But they, I remember coming, to the, coming when we came back to the UK, I wrote a letter, a long letter to him, left on his table. This guy didn't find it till two weeks after we arrived back in the UK. And he read uh-huh. it and called me and said, oh, thank you very much. It's very touching um he showed it to his friends and at the end of the call i said i love you dad i was i was like i didn't know what i didn't know what to expect he said i love you too do you know what i was i remember it so clearly i was at london Eastern station just coming back from coventry i wanted to cry because i was like it's for many people they probably think well he just said i love you that's it but it meant so much to me and i didn't realize that was actually when a lot of the weight got lifted and then I started actively building. So it's I just want people to understand that maybe even if your story is not exactly the same as Sterling's, but there's certain principles you can take into place because at the end of the day, it was still me holding things. And I'm happy you were able to share that because it now takes me into the next set of questions. Having seen what manhood is, your experience, and then what fatherhood could be, what would you say if someone had to ask you, what does fatherhood mean to you as an aspiring young man that hopefully God willing eventually will be at that state? Yeah. Um, fatherhood is modeling manhood. You know, I, I believe that, I believe that if you, you know, if you, if you raise boys, they'll grow up and in their twenties, they'll be boys. If you if you're raising men from birth, you know you, the goal is to, the goal is that people leave you, right? The goal is they go and create their families, create their homes, build their empires, whatever it looks like. Um, but you're you're building you're you're raising men, you know, from the start. And um, so the goal for me is to model 
what I believe manhood is from the start. Um, that 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 is what I believe fatherhood is modeling, just essentially modeling manhood, because you're you're in terms of to the boys, and then um, setting a high standard of manhood for the for the girls, setting the standard. Right, and what is the standard? I know we talked about so in terms of fatherhood. Now talking about fatherhood specifically with a title. Whilst it's modeling, so let's talk about in terms of um, interactions with kids, interactions with spouse, interactions with life and vision, because we're going to talk about it being a man of purpose in a short while. As a father or as an aspiring father, what can young men start to do to prepare themselves for that wonderful position of fatherhood? Mm. Um, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because for me, like like the better you are the better the better father you're going to become this this the thing i i feel like majority of the things i've taken from my dad has been things i've watched him do and not things he's told me mm. um so if he had a check checklist of things make sure you say this to sterling every day make sure you do this do this every day he would have he would have not been successful as a man anyway or a father because i would have been taking his his behavior rather than his words so i think and i and i see and i see children do it you know i see children do it i'll be like i've been i've been with um different children and i'll be sitting down singing a song i'm not talking to them i'm sitting down singing a song i leave the room come back now you're there singing the song I wasn't talking to them. I wasn't singing it to them. Yeah. But now they've taken the song and they're running around the house as if it's their own song. Yeah. I was just doing my thing. And I, I feel like that's how it is. You know, children continue continue your song, you know. They're the next they're the next they're the next song on your album. So it's I, like I like that. <laughs> I like that. They continue your song. They're the next song on your album. So for me it's like as much as I wanna say do stuff like say I love you to your kids or you know as much as I want to say stuff like that I think the best thing a young man can do is deal with any issues he has towards his father and then from that place decide what do I want fatherhood to look like what did I miss that I felt like I needed what did I get that I felt like was valuable and what would I add and from those three you know I I don't I don't believe like in the idea of it being perfect every day because that doesn't make sense to me because we're not we're not perfect individuals we're perfect we're progressing every day so i would ask those three questions and kind of and kind of use that as your benchmark for how you want to to live your life and then reflect that to your children appreciate that thank you very much for that and i think one of the many questions that i've been reading a, a few books um a friend of mine Ira Jackson, Ira Jackson Jr. He recently uh, wrote a book. You know Ira, yeah. So he recently wrote a book, and I was just looking at it in terms of the God's design for what a man should be, and in terms of being caring, being understanding, being driven by purpose. So being a man of purpose has a big part to play, and unfortunately, we still have we still find ourselves where a lot of men just don't know what they are meant to do in life. So with your experience and your kind of encounter with that idea of purpose 
how could you suggest men find themselves? Because you said that you can only that the best way to be a good father is to be the best version of yourself, be the best to you, best you can be. How can one in their twenties or even earlier or even older align themselves with purpose to make them the best versions of themselves? Mm. See, I have a, I have an interesting relationship with 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 that word purpose. Okay. Because um, when I was younger, I spent a lot of time searching for this. Um, the idea of finding my purpose is very close to finding perfection to me. In a way, it means that it made me. It actually made me not want to act unless I was a hundred percent certain what I was doing was the right thing. And it actually became something for me that was a problem and a hindrance rather than um, something that helps me progress. I was so determined to find this thing called purpose that I didn't realize that I'm living it every single day and that I'm getting closer to this thing called purpose every day as I progress. I believe purpose is progression. Um, and I believe that you, as you begin to progress, in the areas that are entrusted to you that's why i think responsibility is my first word you you have certain entrustments you might have a nine to five you might have a a a desire in you you know to to become an entrepreneur i don't know what you know you might have a desire to be a vet you may have this love for for um, animals and just want to help them i don't know what yours is but whatever that you carry you have a responsibility to search it out. You have a responsibility to explore it. And as you're progressing in those things, you're in purpose. I, I, I don't like the concept that purpose is some destination that you reach at the end of your life, because that's to say that that would mean that if we take Jesus, for example, was Jesus' sole purpose on the earth to die on the cross? Was that all he was here for? If it was, why did he interact with all those people? Why did he go and heal people? Why did he train people? Why did he teach them? If his sole purpose was to die, why didn't he just go and die? But that's the way people talk about purpose is that everything you do other than this one event is completely insignificant. And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm really against that idea because it means that you wait for one special magical day, the day you go viral, the day you hit seven figures, the day your company is in Forbes, that's the day you've fulfilled purpose rather than the process of how you actually got there. See, God is much more concerned about, this is the reason why people say in the music industry, they sell their souls because they come out of nowhere get all this money, get all this attention. It's like they were never there, right? God is more concerned about you and your well-being, your character, your heart, your integrity, your your standards than he is about the material side of things. So if your goal is to become somebody who has a Fortune 500 company, um, I always think about it this way. If I ask the devil for a Fortune 500 company, he would give me it in exchange for something. If I ask God for a Fortune 500 company, he would give me the character and the disciplines I need to build a Fortune 500 company. So on one side, you become the CEO, but you have no character. You have nothing to hold you there. And your life becomes worse because you have extreme stress, sorrow, and you don't know how to manage those types of emotions. You didn't ha- you didn't build the, the leadership skills to be able to work with all those people. You can't have good conversations, da-da-da-da. On the other side, God's side, 
you've built character through years of process. Now you have this company and you have everything to sustain it and you have everything to represent him well while you're there. I, I think, I think personally, this idea of purpose is is messing with more people at this point than it is helping. And um, I actually want people to see more of purpose in the everyday. Um, so when you when you talk about um, how does a man, you know, begin to know himself more, begin to know more about him and how he can become a better man, you have a glimpse today. You don't need everything today. Like, like, why do you want to know what you're doing now when you're 60? Why? Why don't you just do what you're supposed to do now? Like, I, like, like, I'm really against that concept right now because I don't think it's helpful. Yeah, I see what you're <laughs> uh, Yeah. So I'm just, I, I think my point is, is what do you know about yourself now that you haven't fully explored? And it may be something so small as like, I like to cook. Okay, that doesn't mean I'm telling you to be a chef. That doesn't mean that's your purpose in life. Yeah. But just do some cooking and see where it takes you. You might enjoy it. It might give you, it might relieve your stress. It might become a coping mechanism so that you don't have to turn to drugs or alcohol. But if you don't explore these things, you'll never know what makes you you. You have to take, you have to take what you have and explore it. And that is what that is what I mean when I say taking responsibility over what's yours. So I knew from from young I wanted to create content and I never knew why. It was actually something I'd think about every single year since I was like maybe five. Um, I knew I wanted to do it. I'm 26 now and I started mid 25. And I would think about that every single year because I never took responsibility of the idea and thought, why do I want to do this? Why, why was it, why is this something I've been thinking about my entire life? You know, I never took hold of it. And now I have like, look how many things like happened just because I took responsibility over something that's been living in me since I was small. I, I, I think that's, that's a wonderful, mindset to have and I think in, in, a, in a world where everyone's trying to get it right or show that they've got it all figured out there is that anxiety and stress that comes from thinking of because I understand the word purpose I, I also think it's been used too often and watered down and complicated as if you can even say that but I really love what you said there I think definitely I'll be re-watching that over and over again as a reminder because I know for myself it's this constant thing, I think it also comes from when you're um, upright upbringing, where people are saying, okay, I want you to do this. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? The five-year plan tends to be the 20-year plan. So if you don't know the 20-year plan from now, you better sit still and ask yourself about your life. That, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. And as much as we feel that, oh, it's, being plan it's planning and organizing, but it, I see the stress that comes from it. And I, I really, really like the input you made there because that's something I definitely have to start. To be honest, I, I fall into the gap and bracket of overcomplicating and overthinking at times. And it's important to always take myself back and work on just what's currently happening right now. And yeah. it's like the story of the talents. It really makes it, what do you have in your hands? Work with that as opposed to thinking yeah. about what could be or what isn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and as a result, like, I think, and I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying stuff like don't dream big and all of that. That's, that's definitely not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying 
get rid of this kind of perfectionism mindset that only wants to act when it thinks it's in its purpose like i i don't believe in that at all um and as a result of that what i see a lot of young people do and what i did as well is that if i think something is my purpose but then i need to say for example make money in a nine to five to fund it i'll give minimum effort in the nine to five because all it's doing is paying for my purpose right so i'm being a terrible employee to fund my purpose that doesn't make sense no it doesn't it's not integrous at all if you're if you want an excellent business deliver excellent service whenever you are presented with the opportunity whether you're in a nine to five whether you're whatever these things are not solely just they don't just exist to feed you i think that's what i don't like about it it's very self-driven whereas i think our responsibility here is to provide service for others i think that i think that's more important and as a result, we get everything we need out of it. Um, but the way the way to to gain to increase, uh, I mean, you can see it in the Bible all over the place. You can see it in so much writings. You can see it on all the motivational videos. If you want more, give more. Mm. You know, it's a basic principle. And I think the more we we give less, so that we can find our purpose, or so that we can fulfill our purpose. Well, it, it's like. Yeah, like you'll take a nine to five that's paying you one thousand pounds or two thousand pounds a month do minimum effort there so you can go home with the money in the evenings and fund your purpose but you've provided a bad service in the day to then provide a good service and it doesn't it doesn't quite it like it doesn't work not consistent it's not consistent um it's not consistent so i'm, I'm yeah I, I think i think that that causes some some issues but you know there's some good in it as well there's some good in it like for example it's caused people to be um to explore more to explore themselves more than i believe our previous generation would have we don't just take do this or do that like the previous generation did because we are like maybe that's not my purpose now we can have that conversation you know where someone says be a doctor you can say hold on but i know i love music before that that was i think a much harder conversation to have much harder thing to think whereas now with all the purpose stuff you can kind of think hold on but am i wired that way do i really want to be a doctor like you can you can think that um so it's opened a lot of doors to conversation but now i just think let's not go overboard with it now let's remember like you're here in the moment dream but live excellently every day you know that's part i think one of these days i'm gonna speak with you off offline and just see how you can come into my church and make any arrangements to support your coming over and things like that but i think this is something a lot of young men need a lot of young people in general it's not even just the guys now when it comes to the purpose thing because it's being thrown at sermons thrown at everything and everywhere so it's constantly resonating with a lot of people but they just don't know how to channel their daily activities to purpose but no this has been brilliant this has absolutely been brilliant and for one thing i always ask the, the, my guests is i have three really different fire questions very random you probably notice once i start asking them so the first one is going to be what's your favorite color red <laughs> that was so great okay what do you enjoy doing your free time uh 
TikToks is free time to me. Okay. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing about you? Be honest. Uh, weirdest thing about me? Oh my gosh. Um, they try to justify I- it. No, I don't even know what to say. My girlfriend calls me weird 24-7. So I don't even know What's what What's one of the things she calls you weird for then? Um, um, I'll just make, I make random rap songs about like anything. Okay. That's happening in the world. Like she just say a word and I'll just start trying to make lyrics to it. Like I do it all the time. Oh, okay. And, Listen, yeah. I, I... And, I, and I, and I do stuff like, I do stuff like I'll say, I'll say, babe. I'll wait for her to reply and I'll say nothing on purpose. But I don't know why I do it. I just do this with, I don't know. I just like to mess around. Yeah, but see, the reason why I ask that is because because while some people may listen to the podcast, sounds so serious and all of that. But it's also to let you know that this is a conversation, a conversation that could be had every single time. Just like you ask people, what's your favorite color? This is a conversation we should make normal to talk about fatherhood, manhood, because it doesn't always have to be when everyone's so quiet everyone's so down and solemn that you start talking about real things but make it a daily conversation and with that this has been a wonderful conversation actually went more amazing than i could even plan for. <laughs> i'm glad it really was amazing and i'm really happy i'm still so mind blown by the origin of the name and i think still i think that's still one of the one of the main highlights including your identity of purpose and you understand your description of purpose but with that, do you have any last words to say to our guys that are listening, both those that are fathers and those that are aspiring fathers? Mm. Yeah, this this was fun. Thank you, by the way. And the last words I would say is that um, is to enjoy the process. Mm. You know, um, I I spent a lot of time, and sometimes still fall in the place of being very ungrateful. Um, of what I have now because I'm so focused on some kind of destination that I don't have yet. I've actually found it hard to find happiness in every day. So what I would, if, if I, if I was, if I was a man and I was listening to this, I would say, I get it. You want to be rich. I get it. I get it. I get it. You want to, you want to be successful. I get it. You, you, you may be making a lot of mistakes in your relationship right now and your girl's calling you up on it. Or I get it. You weren't there for your, your daughter's fifth birthday or you didn't buy the right thing or you didn't do the right thing. I get it. And you want to be better. But learn how to enjoy the present moment. Learn how to actually enjoy where you are right now. Because if you're always focused on where you're trying to get to, when you get there, you will find something else to focus on and you will never be happy. But this moment right now is all we have. And I'm not talking like from a um, YOLO perspective, like you only live once like and be crazy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying look around you and recognize that you have things to be grateful for. If you do something today or not, if you make if you make progression today or you slightly go backwards you have things to be grateful for right around you and live life from that place because if you live from that place i promise you the way it changes your perspective you'll get to where you want to get to so much faster that's what i would say and that's a wonderful one and trust me i get it 
I, 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 I absolutely receive that with all arms open. And thank you so much. I really appreciate you making the time. I think we only planned this a few days ago. And yeah. So literally on Saturday, we started talking and this Saturday, we just doing a recording for next week. And thank you so much. It's been amazing. And guys, once again, make sure you follow him on Instagram at Sterling Records on TikTok at Sterling Records. And listen, send him a message if you want to have a conversation, because I believe that he's just very relatable. I think you're a very cool guy in terms of when it comes to that. And he he will respond to your messages. And yeah, let's just keep on moving along the things that you've heard. If you need to rewatch this, watch it again, listen to it again, take notes, because whilst it may be something that just goes in the background, it's also something to put so that it's actually there on the ground when you're building things. But yeah, thank you so much, Sterling, for coming on the podcast. It's been amazing. This is the first time we've actually talked like this. So what a wonderful first conversation, man. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed this. We should have more conversations like this. Absolutely. And I think next time they're doing any more 412 men things, I'll definitely be there. Make every effort to be there. And yeah, guys, also, I think I I uh, made reference to it at the beginning. I'll also, if you want to find out the video I was talking about where I first heard Sterling speak on manhood and um, men achieving go- going on their goals, let me know. I can send you that link. And also, if you want to check it out, it's 412 Men, one of our previous guests, Ayakuna, at F O U R 12 M E N, if I'm correct. Check that out. And you can also find the video that Sterling was speaking with. But honestly, it's been a wonderful conversation one that i'll always remember and i'm looking forward to hearing the feedback from it yeah yeah it's exciting wow i think next time next time maybe we'll do a video on how you tell people how you keep your teeth so white so that would be another (laughs) one because you know the straight teeth and the white teeth you know that that that's a journey in itself it's just the lighting i'm sure it's just the lighting (laughs) (laughs) no but thank you so much thank you so much for your time buddy really appreciate it No problem. Thanks for having me. Likewise.